just like this Wow, the crowd is. You don't see just how fly my style is. I don't see why I need a stylist when I shot so much I can speak Italian. Welcome, Pewter Report readers, listeners, and viewers to another edition of the Pewter Report podcast. I'm Scott Reynolds. Alongside me is Mark Cook, as always, and special guest today, Super Bowl champion tight end from your Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Cam Braid. How you doing, Cam? Hey, what's up, guys? Thanks for having me. Absolutely appreciate you joining us. Uh, you know, we're going to have uh, a lot of fun um, reliving every single moment of your Harvard career here. Uh, we're we're going to yes. do a deep dive into Cambridge. No, actually, we're going to skip right to the, the okay. good stuff with the Buccaneers and the Super Bowl uh, championship. Um, I know you've got a, a Tampa Bay Lightning shirt on there today, Cam. Yeah, absolutely. Big Bolts fan. I went to a game the other day. Um, unfortunately, that was the first Bolt, uh, Bolts action I've seen all year, but... Uh, come playoff time, I'll be ready to go. I'll be tuning in. <laughs> you and Alex Kalorn both went to Harvard together. And um, I know he wears his Cam Brait jersey. You wear your Kalorn jersey uh, from time to time. Did you feel any added pressure having to win the Super Bowl this year <laughs> because the Lightning won the Stanley Cup? Yeah, it looked like they had a really good time on, on the boat parade. So, um, you know, I used that as fuel and, and tried to – to follow up in their footsteps and you know luckily we were able to do it i felt bad for the rays you know rays kind of got overshadowed by yeah. the lightning the bucks you know, the rays had a really good season of their own right but uh well they lost we keep- so they're losers we don't we don't like the rays. I, no they're they're not yes, losers Katie. they're not losers mm, kind <laughs> of hopefully losers. uh yeah hopefully we can keep it going keep the momentum going this year for sure yeah. So just to ask you real quick, on a scale of, of uh, yes or no, will you guys be repeating as Super Bowl champions this year? <laughs> Probably. No, Probably. <laughs> it's I hope so. I yeah. hope so, man. Matt yeah, Taylor, uh, get a story up immediately. Yeah, Cameron yeah. Brady. Uh, claims pro- probably win Super Bowl number two. So, yeah. Just kidding. Exactly. We'll a story on that. So. Uh, well, listen, uh, Cam, we appreciate you uh, coming on and, and joining us here in the Peter Report podcast. Uh, as always, it is sponsored by our great friends at Celsius. Cam, I'm not sure if you're a Celsius drinker or not. We'll get you some awesome product. It's this little tasty beverage right here. Uh, it's a high, uh, you know, potent energy drink with no sugar, no preservatives. I've got the latest flavor right here, which is the, the uh, sparkling strawberry guava. Not my favorite flavor, but my wife loves it. So this is this is my this is my weapon of choice today. I'm seeing if it's going to crack the top five. It probably won't, but it's it's certainly the the liquid of choice today. So um, hang real tight, and we're going to be right back after this brief message from our friends at Celsius. Uh, the power of Celsius. Uh, the great thing about Celsius, uh, Peter Nation out there, is is you get this high potent energy drink. It's going to fuel your workout. It's going to fuel your your long day at work, and there's no crash. And if you want to find out how to get this bad boy, well, go to PeterReport.com, click on the Celsius banner ads. They're going to take you to Amazon where you can buy it in bulk and save a lot of money. Or if you just want to grab a can and find out what your favorite flavor is, Go to Celsius.com, click on the store locator there. You're going to be um, asked to enter your address, pop that in, and then all of a sudden all these different locations, whether it's convenience stores, grocery stores, Walmart, Target, health and fitness stores are going to pop up, and you can find out where to get Celsius at a store near you. So, Cam, uh, how is Super Bowl life treating you these days? It is uh you know, the, the luster's worn off a little bit. You know, we allowed ourselves a week or two to really celebrate and bask in the victory. But, um, you know, back to training, getting ready for this year. Um, I hear repeating. It's, it's harder than the first one. So uh, we're definitely putting in the, the work now and hopefully reap the rewards later. You know, here's something I've always wanted 
to ask. I'm sitting here at Raymond James Stadium. It was kind of surreal, right? Because in some ways, it felt just like another Buccaneer home game, right? But then it was the Super Bowl, right? I mean, it's just it was it was a weird experience. I think it would have felt more like the Super Bowl if I'm watching you guys in Miami or at a different a different venue, right? But one of the things I'm thinking is, what if you had lost the Super Bowl at home? How would you guys even be able to take the field at Ray J in 2021, right? Do you guys think about that at all? <laughs> I can't say I thought about it like that, but honestly, I have thought about it after the game. Like, right? It, it would definitely be kind of like the ghost of like the 2020 Bucks. Like, it would be haunting us, you know, going yeah. into next season, you know, having this low moment there. But luckily, it's a bridge we didn't have to cross. <laughs> uh, you know, we won, and instead, it's a it's a place of celebration and uh, a place of joyous memories. Yeah, Cameron, what what if you guys would have been the visiting team? I mean, I know that it alternates. How bizarre would that have been to go back into your old locker room? I think that's the new visitor locker room since they built you guys a new one. How crazy would that have been that the Chiefs would have been dressing out in your locker room on your logo and things like that? I mean, was that something you thought about? I mean, when did you find out you guys were the home team? Was that something you knew early in the season if you made it to the Super Bowl? Or how did that how did that happen? I had no idea, to be honest. I actually thought we were the away team. I Like, until we arrived literally at the stadium and we walked into our locker room. Like, I had no idea where we were going. I didn't know what it was going to be like. <laughs> um, it's not something that we really discussed uh, as a team because, um, like, we were essentially the home team, you know? Yeah, uh, right. Obviously having the game at Raymond James. But, no, I'm very happy we used our locker room and not the old one. Uh, because that one is pretty tight. <laughs> Was that so. is that the worst locker room in the NFL? You know, I That's Scott and I Scott and I were at the very first game, uh, nineteen ninety eight against the Chicago Bears, your former favorite team. But um, I remember Scott when we went into that locker room, we thought, "Oh my god!" They spent how many millions of dollars <laughs> for that stadium, and this is the best they could come up with for a locker my room. High school locker room was bigger than that. I totally agree. Yeah. No, it's funny because uh, you think like obviously NFL, you're gonna have these awesome facilities and. You know, that's primarily like the practice facilities of teams, you know, are pretty right. spectacular. Yeah. No, there are some very bad, like, away team locker rooms, like, still. Like, I see them on schedule. New Orleans is, like, pretty small. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember going to San Diego in 2016, and that one was brutal. Yeah. Uh, it was amazing that we were able to fit the entire team in that. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, but it's kind of funny. The away locker rooms in the NFL are not very good. Yeah. All right, so let's let's talk a little bit about the the Super Bowl itself here. Um, you know, the, one of the interesting things is it's you know some call Bruce Arians' offense wide receiver driven, right? I mean, you've got two Pro Bowl guys and and Mike and and Chris. The last time I checked, Cam, you and Gronk combined for nine catches for ninety three yards and two touchdowns in the Super Bowl. Okay, and Mike Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and. Antonio Brown combined for only eight catches for 66 yards and a touchdown. Heck, Cam, you had three catches for 26 yards. That's that's more receptions than either Mike or Chris had in the Super Bowl. This is a tight end-driven offense, isn't it? <laughs> uh, I don't know if I'd go that far. But uh, we honestly, we didn't have to do too much as an offense in the Super Bowl. Kind of just the way the game worked out. Um, but uh, we kind of saw like going into the game how they played. Um, you know, pretty aggressive defense, a lot of man coverage, a lot of blitz. We knew that the backs and tight ends were going to have to come up with some big plays for us. And, yeah. Uh, you know, Gronk had a big game for us, you know, made a ton of plays. And then uh, Lombardi Lenny uh, yeah. came through and, and had another great performance. So uh, we kind of knew with the way they played that they were going to try to take away Mike and Chris and that other guys were going to have to step up. Mm-hmm. Cam, I I don't think even Todd Bowles would have expected to only give up nine points to the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes and that high potent offense on the other side of the ball. But I'm just from your perspective after the bye week and, and even into the playoffs, could you kind of see the defense really coming together? I mean, they had their ups and downs earlier in the year, but just even in practice, did you see them getting better and better? Or was it was it as big a surprise to you that the, the Chiefs only ended up with nine points on, on that Sunday evening? No, it wasn't a surprise to me because, like, I know how talented we are as a defense and um, kind of just the players we have up front, uh, especially with, you know, the Chiefs being down a couple offensive linemen. Like, uh, I knew it was just going to be a tough matchup for the Chiefs with the guys that we had. Mm -hmm. Um, And really, like, it it was – 
something that kind of built up over the course of the season, um, just the consistency uh, on defense. And uh, I remember, you know, the Washington game, the defense didn't have their best game of the season. And uh, that you had a pretty good game. Yeah. uh, Yeah. We're talking about the defense. So uh, (laughs) Mr. Humble. And then then we had the Saints coming up next, obviously huge game, um, divisional round of the playoffs against a division rival. And, uh, after Wednesday, practice, Coach Bulls went over the the defensive backs and was really, really laying it on like the worst practice he's ever seen and yada yada. And so um, I was like, oh man, like here we go. Let's see how they do against the Saints. And of course, you know they they were unbelievable. And yeah. uh, it was just Coach Bulls making the necessary adjustments, getting the guys in the right spot, letting them play with confidence. And uh, we said so much talent on defense yeah. and, and so many young players stepped up huge in the playoffs. It was just fun to, fun to be a part of. I mean, I wouldn't want to play them. Yeah. Right. It's it, interesting it, because when you look back at, at that first game against Kansas city, I mean, yeah, there's that 17 point explosion in the first quarter, but I mean, after that, if you, if you really look at the adjustments bowls made from the second quarter on the Chiefs score only 10 points, the rest of the game, Patrick Mahomes only throws for 103 yards in the second half. And I think you you put four more minutes on the clock. You guys probably have a chance of, of winning that game. You guys lost 27-24. But it just seemed like after that first quarter, he figured the Chiefs out. And then, the, as Mark said, and you said, the defense got better as the season went along. And by the time the rematch came, I mean, really from the get-go, I just think he had the Chiefs figured out. Definitely. And we kind of just used that simple formula that kind of uh, stymied them uh, week 12 and uh, just kind of built off of that. And I, I know we did a bunch of little wrinkles off of that, you know, showed them one thing, did another. And um, you can't say enough about uh, everything Coach Bulls did down the playoff stretch. If, if, you, if you were an NFL owner, Cam, who on this Buccaneers staff, assistant-wise, would you want to hire as a head coach? I mean, I mean, a lot of people would say Byron. A lot of people would say Coach Bowles. Is, is there an, uh, a, a non big name guy maybe that you think is going to be a good head coach one day in the NFL, but what's, what's your thoughts if you were an owner? Um, yeah, I mean, you can't go wrong with Byron or Todd. So like, I'm going to, I'm going to excuse them off the list. Like obviously those two, I think um, definitely are going to have success as coach head coaches in the NFL. Mm-hmm. You know, Byron has um, this great way about him, you know, in communicating with players. And um, I think he really relies on, you know, he was just a player, uh, a few years ago, really, in the NFL. So he mm-hmm. relies on that experience and really communicates well. Uh, a guy that me and Ryan Griffin, we we said he's going to be the next Dabo Sweeney is uh, Kevin Garver. So I don't yeah. know if it'll be at, at NFL or college, but like yeah. Coach Garv, he communicates really well. He understands mm-hmm. the game, uh, knows all the X's and O's, is always very prepared. Um, and he's a guy, I think, that, you know, is only going to keep ascending up the coaching tree. Coaching That's interesting. Yeah. Kind of like PJ stuff. Fleck. You weren't here when when he was here with Greg Schiano, but he was I know Greg Schiano's receivers coach. So you yeah. know PJ has has done really well in his coaching career. Funny you mentioned Garver when I was at the owners meeting a couple years ago in Arizona. Larry Fitzgerald was there talking and 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 we were and I asked him about Bruce Arians. It was before the season started, right after Bruce got hired, and and he said Bruce is great, but Garver's the guy. You guys are going to absolutely love. Kevin and um, I didn't even know who he was to be honest with you at the time. I remember him saying that though, and and you're not the first coach or the first player that's mentioned, you know how much uh, how much he kind of means to the team. So that's that's kind of an interesting thing. We'll keep an eye on that. Yeah, you heard it here first, Garver for head coach. You know, Cam, let's go back to that boat parade because you were talking about how how cool it was for Alex Kalor and the Lightning to have one. You guys had one, and um, you know, I mean, you've made a lot of spectacular catches, Cam. But I mean, really, when you look at at catching the Lombardi Trophy, I mean that's that that went viral, dude. Like that wasn't just on social media. James Corden played that that clip. I mean, it was it was like across the country. It went national. It went went around the world. Probably, how cool was it to be the guy that caught the Lombardi from from a drunk Tom Brady? <laughs> um, yeah, and, and were cool. you were you the intended receiver? No idea. <laughs> I wasn't. I didn't actually think he was going to throw it uh, until it was in the air and. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I I definitely had had a few uh, a few beverages uh, up to that point, and right. you know, luckily for me, I feel like that kind of I wasn't really thinking about anything when I saw it in the air. It just kind of yeah. 
see ball catch ball go back to uh, <laughs> what i've always learned and what i've done and uh, see lombardi you know, catch lombardi exactly and of course tom threw a great pass you know yeah. turned right over to me and um yeah that was it's pretty cool to be are, a part of are you considering um you know, maybe you guys having some pregame drinks before the season starts since it kind of reined in your focus. Tom's accuracy <laughs> was excellent on that throw. No? Uh, you know what? I think I'm not going to. Uh, I'm not going to speak for Tom. You know, maybe Tom will. <laughs> no, we saw him get off the boat. We don't want to see him in the fourth quarter stumbling and bumbling like that again. No. No more yeah, of that. I agree. Yep. Well, it, now, the, the thing is, 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 you know, we, you know, Tom certainly had a day, right? I mean, everybody remembered, you know, him, him, uh, you know, getting the assist from Ryan Griffin coming off the boat, you know, and and uh, and the the Lombardi toss to you. But um, should should that that pass have been underthrown, right? And it doesn't quite make it to you know, your big mitts. Do you do you dump? Do you, do you jump in Tampa Bay to to dive for it? What do you do? Yeah. You, you just say, oh, oh, shucks. <laughs> Throwing Scotty Miller in. You know, Scott, <laughs> Scotty's the youngest one on the boat. Scotty's got to go get the trophy. Yeah. Awesome. He's way down the depth chart, too. So if he doesn't yeah. come back up, you know, you got Tyler Johnson there still. So. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. We got guys to replace him. No. <laughs> you know, it's interesting because when, when I'm going through looking at pictures on some of our, our, our photo services or even from Cliff Welch, our awesome photographer, um, we, we always see you next to Tom in so many pictures. Is that done on purpose? Are you, are you trying to like, <laughs> like, 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 you know, kind of horn in on the action, you know, be around Tom oh. or, or are you guys just like best friends? I mean, I, I know he's got Gronk, but Gronk's kind of like his old best friend. Are you like Tom's new best friend? Oh, that's so funny. You say that I had, uh, there's a guy I know who plays in the NFL who I know for a fact he purposely stands right next to the quarterback and like all the picture, <laughs> the opportunities for a picture, and it drives me crazy because I know he does it, and um, I I feel very ashamed that you called me out on that. I purposely <laughs> now that I know that I'm staying so far away from Tom. Uh, no, they no, make great funny. photos, Cam. We need they you do. in the photos. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so Tom, he told us. Um, Honestly, I think maybe the first practice we had, it was the first time we were doing, oh, it was our first scrimmage in the stadium because mm-hmm. um, we didn't have preseason games. Right. And he said, you know, something that really means a lot to me is when we score a touchdown, we are all celebrating together. Like mm-hmm. we are all loving us are going to congratulating the person that scored the touchdown. We're going to do it as a team. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, that's what we do here. Like something I'd honestly never thought about before in my life. Yeah. Uh, so I kind of had to consciously make an effort to do that at the beginning of the season. Right. Uh, but kind of got used to it. And uh, I feel like it kind of makes closer and more cohesive as a unit. Well, and really, when you think about it, I mean, I mean, Tom backed up his his talk, right? I mean, he he, he walked the, the talk and talked the walk. I mean, he scored the first touchdown. He wanted to set the example, right? The, the one yard yeah. plunge in, in New Orleans and everybody flocked to Tom and celebrated. So. Well done. Yep. Um, this, you know, we, we've heard Tom kind of pass out some nicknames. Does he have a nickname for you? Yeah, it's a pretty bad one, to be honest. Uh, hopefully <laughs> that doesn't come back. No, it's a great nickname. I love it. Okay. Um, <laughs> he calls me Camatron. Camatron. Uh, Camatron, yeah. Uh, he's the it. only one that that ever calls me that. Like, he started calling me that. I didn't catch on with anyone else, but <laughs> he's, he still calls me it. And uh, Alex Guerrero, he calls me Camatron from Tom. Okay. Just those two. Yeah. Right. You guys can call me Camatron, too. But Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate that. Yeah. We, 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 you know, we've covered you since you walked in the building, man, so we appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, so, Camatron, do you have a nickname for Tom? Oh man. Uh nope. <laughs> Tom <laughs> the goat, you know, like just Mr. Brady, you know? Mr. Brady. <laughs> Go ahead, Scott. I was gonna um I forgot what I was gonna ask Cam. Go ahead. Okay. I, I know you we've I've got, got a I've list got here. here. Okay, so uh, let's you know, let, let's play um let's play a little trivia, okay? Oh sick. Yeah, who caught Tom Brady's first touchdown pass at Raymond James Stadium, Cam? Um, 
as a Buccaneer. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not, oh, I'm not throwing. So I'm not. That's funny. Yeah, I'm not throwing. 2017. Yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah, as a Buccaneer. Here's a hint. He, he's a tight end. Uh, okay. It's you. Oh. You caught the first touchdown. <laughs> the scrimmage. The scrimmage. Of <laughs> the <course>. scrimmage. <laughs> it counts, huh? It we're going to count that? All right. Of course we're going to count it. Because otherwise it would be O.J. Howard. Why would we want to do that, right? No. <laughs> That's funny. Um, I do remember that. Yeah, good yeah. times with the scrimmage. Yeah. That was a hot day. You guys were on the yeah, field for like brutal. 18 plays. Oh my gosh. 100%. Who's that covering I'm... you committing pass interference on that catch? It was, that that was Dakota Dixon. Dakota Dixon. Yeah. yeah. Yep. He didn't make the team. Hmm. No, he's a great, great dude. Yeah, great good team. guy. Though. Yeah, very good guy. Um, you, yeah. you know what? You know what's funny is is you know we didn't have any preseason games. We didn't really have. We had that that truncated training camp, so we didn't get to see a whole bunch of of you guys in this offense with Tom operating. I mean, obviously, we saw Bruce Aaron's offense in, in 2019, <laughs> but it's like that that initial drive was like 18 plays or something like that. <laughs> It was it was yeah. a hot day, a hot morning, and yeah. it, it took you guys forever to score. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, it was a brutal day, and that was like the end of like five straight days of training camp practice because like the training camp schedule last year was like pretty terrible. It was yeah. like six days on, one day off. Yeah. Usually the preseason games kind of break up the schedule a little bit where you'll right. get like a lighter day the day before the game. The, the game, travel day. Ton. Yeah. Yep. And pay off after. And so without those little natural breaks, uh, training camp last year was actually brutal. Uh, I'm, I know people were like saying like it was an easier training camp. Uh, it most definitely was not. We were so sick of practicing against each other. Like we were mm-hmm. always outside in the heat. Yeah. So we're, I'm kind of excited to go back to the, the preseason games this year. <laughs> well, the interesting thing is, I don't know if you, if you heard, but but uh, Bruce Arians on our good friends, the Loose Cannons podcast, uh, said that uh, this training camp practice uh, this year is going to be hell. Like he's just going to absolutely stick it to you guys just to make sure that you don't believe you're Super Bowl champions anymore. Uh, yeah, we know. We all saw that. We all saw the quote. Yeah. yeah. So uh, it's been talked about yeah. on the team. Have you scheduled a hamstring yeah. injury for early August? <laughs> No, but I think some guys, some guys kind of do that, and I respect that move. You know, get out of a couple practices. But um, honestly, like BAs training camp practices are already really hard. Yeah. Like, um, especially when we split it up into two fields. You know, you're doing double the amount of reps. And, right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I don't know how much harder you can actually make it, um, mm-hmm. but I guess we'll see. Do, do you remember that training camp practice last year? And again, you probably get this. You've probably seen this numerous times, but Scott and I were there and we both just stared at each other. When Bruce Arians lost his mind, he dropped about 15 F-bombs in about seven seconds. Oh, yeah. And I don't remember what, what happened. Scott. Did somebody uh, drop a ball, fumble, no, no, the, jump the, off the sides? De- the defense was loafing. The, def- the defense oh. wasn't running to the ball. Oh, and he just gone over that the day before, apparently. And it was happening again. I think it was the second string defense. Because I remember, like, Kevin Minter and Nacho were out oh, there. Oh, yeah, yeah. Dude, no, I mean, he up. was weaving a tapestry of profanities. I think he made up new words. I, oh, I, there's yeah. new I profanity words. I, yeah. How often does that happen? Does Bruce just do that every once in a while to let you know that he's paying attention? Or does he just really get that frustrated from time to time? Um, I would say it's not every day, but definitely a couple times a week during training camp, not really in season. He's a little more mellow, uh, unless we really need like a, a wake up call for having a yeah. bad practice, but no. You're right. So it's like, he doesn't come up with new profanities, but like the way he strings them together with yeah. four in a row, it's like, you really have to like kind of sit there and think about it and like, Oh man, like he's really mad at that guy. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I remember, uh, He's only ever done that once for me. I remember training camp in 2019. I lined up um, not the right like alignment. And he he let me have it just just briefly, and I <laughs> yeah. uh, made sure to never make that mistake. Yeah. Scott did and I look, actually. Well, hold on. Did, did did he question your Harvard credentials? That? No. So no. it was it, it was an honest mistake, and it was I was out all of uh, uh, OTAs, and so it's like kind of like this right. really small detail, and it was like. It's really funny when he's swearing at other people, but like when he starts swearing at dudes, <laughs> it's not so funny. 
It was not it was not funny to us, Cam. In fact, Scott and I ran some sprints and did some up downs because we were like scared felt, to death. We were like felt compelled oh, to do that because yeah. I was a witness no. to it. Man, we we I, thought we were in trouble. Yeah. No, I, I think it's really funny when he does it. Not at me, but like it is funny when he really gets going. Uh it's a sight to see. Yeah. Uh, we have a question here from Bob Jackson. Cam, do you ever make it back to Naperville? You're uh, an Illinois native. I do, yeah. So I used to go back um, when I was younger. I would go back for the entirety of the off season, And um, I, I don't know what I was thinking going back to uh, Chicago in January, February, March. So now <laughs> I stay in Florida for those months. And I, I usually go back for a week or two during the summer to see friends and family. Well, How I many mean, people from Naperville come to Florida? In yeah. January, February, and March, now that you're they have a have a you're not sharing a room with Ryan Griffin and and, uh, and Adam Humphreys and Adam anymore. Humphreys anymore. You got room for people. So, are you, yeah. are you the new Airbnb for the uh, for for the for the Cameron family? Yeah. Uh, COVID kind of saved us from that, which is honestly like a real blessing. <laughs> uh, yeah, parents definitely uh, took advantage uh, of the house um, last year before COVID really uh, really struck and. Uh, yeah, they. Uh, I think they stayed for about twenty days, mm-hmm. um, out of a possible twenty-five. This uh, month-long <laughs> stretch, they were they were down here quite a bit. So, um, but yeah, no, we love having people come down, and uh, especially during the brutal brutal months in Chicago during the winter. Yeah, you know, t- Tampa is definitely a great place to be. Now, All right, it, cool. Well, me and Scott will swing by and um, hang out. You know, <laughs> stay for a couple weekends if you don't mind. You said yeah, you like to have people. Yeah, yeah, just to see Archie, just to hang yeah, out a little bit. You guys can watch the dog. Yeah. Give, uh, Brooke and I have the night off. You know, <laughs> as a Chicago area native, how awful was it losing to the Bears on Thursday night football? Uh, yeah, so nothing will probably top the embarrassment of when we played up in Chicago in 2018. Uh, when we lost, oh, we were down 45 to 3. Um, yeah. And I think I had, I think I bought like 86 tickets or something like that for the game. So. <laughs> Um, that one was definitely like way more embarrassing. I mean, this year though, our team was obviously a lot better. And yeah. just you didn't totally, realize you were buying all those tickets for the Mitchell Trubisky show, did you? Oh, I know that was like we we made his career <laughs> for one game. Um, but yeah, this year that was uh, that was a very frustrating loss. Um, you know, we we knew they couldn't really play with us, and that was still when we were, we were trying to figure out who we were as a team, and yeah. really we didn't understand how good we were capable of being and uh i think those lumps we kind of took throughout the beginning you know half of Mm -hmm. the season really up until the bye was kind of helped set the foundation for what we really built upon uh during the playoff run yeah both bruce arians and and jason light kind of point to that game and say you know that was the turning point in in the in you guys no longer beating yourselves i mean cam you've been here a minute right i mean you guys made a habit you got you could teach a master class and how to beat yourself and and this is the year where really after that game the penalties were non-existent. Heck, you didn't have any penalties against the Packers, none. And the turnovers went way down, and you just became a team that just focused on beating the other team and and beating your opponent, not yourselves. Right, and uh, you know it's so simple to say that, but it's really so true. There's NFL football; everyone is so good. Um, like every team is so talented. Everyone has great players, and. Uh, really, it's it's not so much like the great outstanding plays that win games. It's it's limiting the plays that kill you, and uh, that's something that really took a major step forward this year. Um, because, yeah, like you said, we found so many ways to lose over the past six years, and really the first half of this season as well. So, mm-hmm. um, once we stop doing that, like football is a simple game, picking up first downs. It's creating turnovers and stopping their team, like just stringing together good positive plays. Uh, and that's something that we really did down the stretch. You know, when and you look at, at uh, I think that was a turning point also to the bye week. I mean, it, to me, it looked like after you guys played the Saints and you played the Rams, you played the Chiefs, you guys were just out of gas. I mean, those, those losses that you took were to teams that had already had their bye week. And I'm not saying that, you know, that that was the reason or an excuse, but I mean, it's legit. I mean, there's a, there's a reason why the NFL puts bye weeks in there is to allow your body to to not get in that weekly car crash that it's in, and also to just kind of mentally unwind and relax. And it just seems like you guys just were 
so much fresher and more focused after the bye week. But but it was a long stretch until that bye week, wasn't it? Absolutely, yeah. And uh, really, my entire career, we've been around week five or week six bye. And so you had a week uh, one bye because of a hurricane. Week one bye, and yeah, <laughs> we were by the end of that year, we were playing terrible. So uh, yeah. there's definitely something to that, like. <laughs> Uh, the weekly accumulation of, of hits. And I think it's more so mentally um, just how draining uh, the season can really be. And so playing four weeks in a row, that was, that was tough. That was a new challenge, but I really think that late by like was definitely a blessing in disguise, uh, yeah. especially it, the way it, the schedule broke. Like it, it was just a chance for us to like really evaluate what we were doing and, and how we could improve and take mm-hmm. a step back and just look at the bigger picture. And we were a much improved team after that week off. And now the NFL has decided you need to play 17 games, Cam. 16 is not enough. It's not enough wear and tear on the body. We're going to go with 17 games now. The Players Association agreed to this, of course. Just the general thoughts of you. I mean, what's your thoughts on on adding that additional game to the season? Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's something that I knew was going to happen. I mean, it's something that we agreed to, the players. Um, And – I'm very happy we ratified the, uh, uh, the CBA last year before COVID. That was definitely a, a blessing for us. Um, but it's something that, you know, it's a bottom line business. You know, one more game obviously generates a lot more money for the NFL. And so that's, you know, something that I understand. And uh, I was hoping that, you know, one more game would equal one more bye week as well. And um, It's coming, though. I, it's, I know. So It's, it's uh, coming because 17 is, is, is the, the stair step to 18. It's, it's I really do think that 17 game schedule with one bye week is significantly more challenging than an yeah. 18 game schedule with two bye weeks. Um, Agreed. Because the bye week is just so big. We like, there's no weekends off. There's like no string of like more than one day off in a row during the season. It's just like you get one morning to sleep in and then you're back to watching film, working out, you know, yeah. preparing for the next opponent. It's just this, cycle that you get in um and uh those bye weeks really help break up the season so it's something that we're going to deal with you know everyone has to do it i i knew it was coming so i'm not like upset or anything like that about playing an extra game we know we played 20 this year so hopefully we play right. 20 20 next year and we get the first round bye um but um yeah it's it's just something that we're all going to have to deal with and get used to cam if if you ever need any insurance from you know, the bye week, I've got a place for you to go, Cam. Our good friends at Briar Greaves. That was one of my worst segues I've ever done. I just want to go ahead and admit that. that. No, it was really bad. But Briar Greaves has been in business for over 30 years, and they're huge Buccaneer fans, and they write all lines of insurance from homeowners to life to auto. Any type of insurance anybody listening needs, Briar Greaves can handle that for you. You can get in touch with Sam or Briar at 813-876-4166 or go to their website, briargreavesinsurance.com, and they'll help you out. The best thing about about Briar Greaves, they take care of my policy, they take care of Scott's policy, but Cam, you don't call an 800 number. You call Briar directly. You call Sam directly. You say, this is what's going on. This is what I need. They take care of it. You're not just a number. You're not just a policy number. You're an actual person. So anyway, let Brooke know when uh, next time the homeowner's insurance is up, give Briar Greaves a call. Let her compare rates. Save some money. You got to sock away some of this money, Cameron. I mean, I I know it's tough living on four and a half million dollars a year, but you're going to have to. But this is a way you can save some money. All right. And stretch things out a little bit. Give our buddies Briar Greaves a call at some point. And uh, you can do that at 813-876-4166, 813-876-4166, Briar Greaves Insurance. Uh, the, they're the best in Tampa Bay. That brings up a question we got to ask, Cam. We got to ask. Right. Last year they come to you. They say, can you save us a little bit of money? We need some more money for this team, a pay cut. What's the latest on that for this year? Have you heard anything? Can you say anything about it at all? And, What's and your listen, the, the reason we're, we're asking we're asking this question, and we're not we're not being insensitive. We took pay cuts too last year. We literally did. We did. We did. COVID hit everybody COVID. hard. Yeah. So. Yep. No. Um, yeah. No. I haven't heard anything. I, uh, I've just been going to one buck every day, uh, training, getting ready for the season. But um, you know, leave that to my agent and the, and the team to talk That's about. Great but, news. No, me, no, I, just, I, I haven't heard anything, so I guess that's no great. News is good news. Yeah. Happy news is good news. Well, now here, here's the thing. Um, 
Let's play some more trivia. We did this earlier in the show. We'll do another trivia question here. Cam, true or false, you have 29 career touchdowns with the Buccaneers. True. That's actually false. false. Sorry. Dang it. Well, there's number 30 right there. <laughs> oh, okay. 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 We're counting Sorry. the postseason. Mm-hmm. No, I, I are know we, that... are we counting preseason too or no? No, no. The preseason no. counts. Preseason <laughs> counts. <laughs> but postseason does count because those games really matter. So, uh, so yeah, that's number 30 right there. Okay. So what we'd like for you to do is to rank all of your touchdowns in in order of importance from one to 30. (laughs) 30. I'm just, just kidding. Just kidding. That's one. I was going to say, but, but that's, that has to be the best and probably most important touchdown of your career. Is it not? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, to, to score, obviously the NFC championship game. Um, yeah, that was definitely number one for me. And, uh, my career touchdown rankings. Um, yeah, that game was just so much fun to, to be a part of, you know, mm-hmm. NFC championship game, Lambeau field, you know, snow pregame coming down. Like it was everything you could ever dream of. And um, just a, a super exciting second half, you know, yeah. a lot of tough moments. Um, and, and to get that win there, that was, that was something I'll never forget. Well, and I mean, as a, as a former bears fan, anytime you stick it to the Packers, it's a good thing, right? Absolutely. Yeah. No. So I, I watched so many games at, at Lambeau Field, you know, rooting on the Bears and uh, to go up there and, and win the NFC Championship game there. It was incredible. You know, when you when you look at at at, at that game, um, you know, we have to do our, our picks every week, we call them the pewter predictions and in our preview. And we, we make those picks. Um, I've covered the, the team. This is my 26th year covering the Bucks. So I was around for the first Super Bowl. Shoot, I was around when Warren Sapp and Derek Brooks were drafted in 95. But I knew after the Bucks beat the Eagles in 2002, that was the mountain to climb. And I went on Jim Rome's show that week afterwards, and he asked me if the Bucks were going to beat NFL MVP Rich Gannon and the Oakland Raiders, you know. And I said, yeah, they're, they're going to beat them all right. And that's how I felt after you guys beat the Saints. I, I knew you were going to beat the Packers. It wasn't just because you'd beaten them earlier in the year. This would be a tougher game. It was up in Lambeau and all that. But but to me, the Saints game was, was the mental hurdle. That was the hill to climb. I knew you were going to beat the Packers. I knew you were going to beat the Chiefs. I won money in both of those weeks. Thank you very much. But but tell me about that Saints game. Was was that, you know, am I on the, on the, the right wavelength here? Was, was that... Was that kind of the the hill to climb for you guys uh, psychologically? For sure, I think that was the most gratifying win uh, of the season. You know, just a team the past uh, few years like we weren't even competitive with uh, really mm-hmm. in any of the games we played them, um, and they've really embarrassed us, uh, especially our offense, so many times, just creating pressure. Um, like challenging our receivers and just like no one really seemed to be playing well against the Saints and um, to go there in the playoffs and, and put together the game that we did, like the locker room, just the, almost like the relief, like, man, we did it. We finally like conquered that demon um, mm-hmm. of beating the Saints, you know, because um, we played a little, little brother to them in the division for, I mean, my entire career. In yeah. Tampa, so, uh, <laughs> Yeah. Cam, when for the record, let, yeah. let, let it be known that of the two Pewter Report employees on this podcast, only one of them picked you guys to beat the Saints. That's a fact. That's a fact. It would be me. I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I didn't I mean, pick you. Top, you yeah, lost I four mean, games in right. a row in the last two years. Yeah, You sure. hadn't beaten yeah. them since Ryan Fitzpatrick was the quarterback right. in that season opener, you know, a right. hundred years ago. Didn't that's you how long it had been. in that game? Wasn't that a I did not. Everyone, everyone else did that game. That was oh, actually right. the yeah. single most impressive game of quarterback I've ever seen. I know that was, that was crazy. He was, he was legit playing out of his mind. Like yeah, every yeah. pass was a bomb, right on the money. Like yeah, he ran for first down. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yep. He ran for a touchdown too. I think in that game. Yeah. So uh, now we got Fitz back with Hump in Washington. Yeah. So that's my my second ever team now behind the Bucks. Cam, you got a, You got another couple minutes. We got we got one more game. It's the Sweet Sixteen in honor of the NCAA game uh, championship game last night, March Madness. We're gonna play the Sweet Sixteen of your most favorite cams in the world. 
Okay. I'm yep. just going to run down the brackets. You tell me just real quick off the top of your head, which, which one you like better. the best. All right. Yep. Cameron Crow or Cameron Lynch, your former teammate, who are you picking? I don't know who Cameron Crow is. So Cameron Lynch. He's an actor and director. All right. Cameron Diaz or Kirk Cameron. <laughs> don't screw Diaz. this up. Yeah. Do not mess this up. Yeah. This, this is a layup. This is an easy yeah. layup. I'm going Diaz there. All right. There, thank All you. Right. Smart man. All right. Cam Cameron or Cam Hayward. You got a football coach and a football player. Who are you taking? Uh, I always loved Cam Cameron. I just love that his name was Cam Cameron. <laughs> it's, it's incredible. <laughs> All right. We're going with him. Now, here's a guy you don't like. Cam Jordan versus... Wiz Khalifa, whose actual given name is Cameron. I don't know if you knew that or not. You share a first name of Wiz Khalifa. All right. So Wiz or Cam Jordan, who are you taking? Um, I actually, I really like Cam Jordan. <laughs> really? I do. And so we were, you know, we were teammates once. You know, that's an ex-teammate of mine. That's um, true. Yeah, you, you spent a, you, know, you, you had a cup of coffee in New Orleans. That's right. Five days, five days. But uh, yeah. honestly, he was a guy that, once I actually started playing for the Bucks in 2016, like he remembered me from the the Saints practice squad the one week I was there, and he just like came over to me and congratulated me, you know, on breaking into like the starting lineup, and that always meant a lot to me. So he's someone that I I, I really respect his game, and I always enjoyed the fact that he remembered who I was <laughs> even though I was there for five days. Um, so I'm gonna go Cam right. Gordon. Going yeah. Cam Jordan. All right. How about Cam Newton versus former hockey player Cam Neely? Who are we taking there? Uh, I'll go Cam Newton for the for the outfits. Sticking all right, Newton. Sport. Okay. All right. Uh, another football player, former Florida State offensive lineman Cameron Irving versus another football player, Cameron Artis Payne. Cameron Artis even... Payne. Okay. Wow. Auburn going against my yeah, Knowles. Right. Ooh, that Come even on. hurts more. Yeah. Cameron Wake versus director of the Titanic, James Cameron. Who are we going with there? Cameron Wake. I don't approve of James Cameron <laughs> and some of his uh, some of his uh, philosophies. And another tight end by the name of Cam, Cam Cleland, who uh, who played uh, before you were born, probably. He played back in the, uh, I don't know, 80s and 90s, I think, versus the country of Cameroon. Cameroon. Come yeah, on. I'm stretching. Cameroon. Here. So I'm retiring one day. Going to Cameroon. <laughs> Are you going with Cameroon? All right. All right. We're down. We're down to eight now. Cameron Lynch versus Cameron Diaz. Who you got? Cam Lynch. What? Going Cam Lynch. Lynch. That's my guy. Over Cameron Diaz? He was oh, great. Man. He was the uh he was in the Super Bowl. He was the Super Cinderella. Bowl. Uh, mm, wow. Something. Number yeah. one seed knocked out. Yeah. All right. Ooh. Cam Cameron versus Cam Jordan. Who are we going with there? Cam Cameron. Going with CC. All right. Cam Newton versus Cameron Artis Payne. Oh, man. T potentially, were they teammates at one point? I mean, they yes, were they were. Carolina, yeah, Carolina, teammates yeah. at Auburn. Yeah. Were they Auburn or no? Yeah, Auburn. Yeah. Oh, man. Neither? <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's got to win. Somebody's got to win Artis this. Payne. Cameron Artis Payne. All right. Payne. Okay. Cameron Artis Payne. And then we got Cam Wake versus the country of Cameroon. Cameroon. No All right, Cameroon. Now to the final four we go. We've got. I gotta try and figure out my writing here. I'm not very good here. When I, I didn't expect to go this far here, I thought you would tell me to stop playing at this point. No, I think I, we're. No, I think we're Cam at Cam Lynch. Lynch versus Cam Cameron. Yeah, and sorry, Cam Lynch. I gotta go, Cam Cameron. Cam That's right. Cameron. Double Cam. Yeah. Cam Square. Cam. Can't beat it. All right, it's Cameron Artist Payne versus Cameroon. Who do we got? Cameroon. And wow! In the finals, it's Cam Cameron up. versus Cameroon. Who is going to take the championship as your favorite Cam of all time? Oh, man. Sorry uh, to I Cam mean, Cameron. I got to go Cameroon. Yeah, if you pick Cameroon, you're, you're probably going to get keys to the city or the country right. or something, right? I mean, yeah. You'll be like a king, like in Coming yeah. to America. Exactly. Well, there you go. That is the winner. Yeah. Cameroon is Cam's favorite Cam. That's not yeah. easy to say, but I did it. All right, we did yeah. it. That was uh, that was great. I, and I, by I, the I, way, I just want to say you have been voted. I don't know if it's official vote. I'm just going to say you were voted the most popular guest ever on What's Cooking two years running. Oh, 
That's true. Now, we didn't have a season three because of COVID, damn you, COVID. But yeah. we're hoping to have a season four this year. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get vaccinated. Would you be willing and go on the record right now and say you will be a guest on What's Cooking in 2021? Going for the three P. Yep. Yes. All right. That's there what we I'm go. Talking about locked in. Can you get hey. Gronk or Brady for me too? Maybe. <laughs> I could probably get Gronk. Tell, tell him it's Brady. a <laughs> tell, tell him it's a fun show. Put in a good word for me if you don't mind. Okay. okay that's I can all. get Gronk for you. I can. Get all right. Gronk. This yeah. is something Mark and I were talking about before. You mentioned Gronk. Okay. Um, you know, it, it's called the Gronk Spike, right? It's something that you've been doing here in Tampa. It's kind of an ode to Gronk, even before you guys were teammates. Yeah. Mark and I were actually looking at your form and his form. And I listen, yeah. I will give the guy credit up in Detroit for the for the, the Robo Gronk spike. That was pretty cool. Okay. Yeah. But your form, you actually have a better Gronk spike than Gronk. I totally I'm not just saying so, that because you're on the show. Yeah, you have a better spike. That's just honest Peter Report opinion right there and analysis. So yeah, technique wise, yeah, I'm uh you know pretty flawless at the spike. It, it definitely has always been an homage to Gronk. Right. Um, yeah. So technically, I think I'm very sound at the spike, but the way he's able to incorporate other things into the spike, it's like top notch. It's elite. Um, yeah. <laughs> he's done like nutcracker spikes. Um, <laughs> he did the robot spike this year. Yeah. He had my favorite one, I think, of all time. Uh, playoff game, or not playoff game. It was uh, the Steelers Patriots game. Like it was a Sunday night game, maybe, and it was. An incredible game by Gronk. I think he had like 15 catches, 180 yards, like took over the fourth quarter. And they did a two-point conversion. There's a two-point conversion spike, and he caught a fade route on this 4DB and just pointed at him and laughed at him. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just incredible. Uh, I'm sure you could find the clip, but that's uh, – so he's able to – like he must think about some of this stuff beforehand. Um, <laughs> Choreographs so He's able it. to put his, his own spin on it, and I, I can't compete with that. Okay, so so for technique, it's you. For creativity yeah. and originality, oh, it's Gronk. Yeah. Lance, okay. you, yeah. you have an amazing windup. You stretch your arm all the way out. Yeah. Your other arm comes all the way out, and it's is it's, is that due to yoga and Pilates? Do yoga maybe? Uh, you know, I pitched in high school, so I think I got the throwing motion down. I think okay. I think that might be our backup quarterback right now as we speak. Um, what what now? I think we only got Tom Brady on the roster, so I'm going to lay claim to backup quarterback. You? The backup quarterback? There you are. As the backup what? quarterback. Look at that photo, Cam. Look at that. Looking pretty good. Yeah. Who can say? I was third-string quarterback in the Super Bowl. I know. Much to the chagrin of that guy. <laughs> Poor Ryan. Uh, you know, I learned it all from him, you know. Okay. He's taught me well. Yep. All right, but let, let's talk about this. It, it, it. This was not planned. This is funny. You just brought this up because <laughs> we, we were going to ask you this next. So the timing is impeccable. Um, how many reps do you take at quarterback? Zero, zero reps. <laughs> I'm allowed to participate in quarterback indie, which goes on during special teams, and um, you know the team doesn't ask me to play too much on special teams at this right. point in my career. Sure. Uh, which is which is great, which I enjoy, which I would be willing and able to do. You know, it's something right. I did early in my career yeah. and I enjoyed it. But right now, it's like kind of a warm up period for me. The way we uh, sectional practice, so I'm allowed to do quarterback right. indie, and I have some great footage saved in my phone. <laughs> I I beat one week. I beat all the quarterbacks. They do Friday competition. Yeah, of course. Um, I, I won one week. I hit. Uh, Three upright shots. I hit right upright, middle upright, left upright, 30 yards out for the win. Um, so that's uh, something I'm going to tell my kids about one day. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to save that video footage so I can show them that I beat Tom Brady. <clears throat> that's that's outstanding. All right, so so let's say, God forbid, right, you're called into action. I mean, now, listen, I, I'm not knocking you at all. I'm not dogging you. As a matter of fact, during training camp, did I not come up to you and say that you look faster than you have in the last couple of years? I yep. did, yeah. you know, because you got the hip repaired, the labrums, you know, like you, you were, you were faster this year than I think that mm-hmm. you've been in the last couple of years. You had that yep. spring in your step from surgery. Yep. Um, at the same time, I wouldn't classify you as a wildcat quarterback, right? No, I, I'm a, I'm a traditional drop back. You You're know, a pocket passer. passer. You're I'm a Bruce pocket passer. Guy. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Play action. <clears throat> um, yeah, no, it's uh, 
How much experience do you have the- playing quarterback? Because I went through your bio today. I went all the way back to Naperville High School. You didn't play quarterback. You didn't go far back enough. Lincoln Junior High School. <laughs> <laughs> we went what was the mascot of Lincoln? What was your mascot at Lincoln? That's going to be my new favorite team. The Lincoln what? Lincoln Lancers. Lincoln the Lancers. Lancers. Okay. Uh, yep. So we went. I was a heavyweight quarterback, and we went one and seven. <laughs> okay. All right. So, um, so how did you get anointed to be the emergency quarterback on game days with that sterling one and seven record, and the fact that you've not thrown a pass in a meaningful game since junior high? So a lot of, a lot of Lancers. Come up, here, here comes the excuse train. I'm ready. Here we go. So our one and seven record one. So <laughs> I wasn't very developed at the time. You know, I was I was a late bloomer. So you know, I wasn't that big. Okay. Um, two, we ran the wing T offense. Right. So like the, when I got to drop back to pass, terrible offensive line we had. Sorry, guys, for listening. <laughs> but uh, you you would fake you would get, send a guy in motion. You fake pitch it. And so you're back with the defense. You turn around, and every single time I turn around, there was three dudes unblocked coming at me. So I was just throwing up prayers. But the reason I was the backup, not the backup, the reason I was part of the emergency quarterback plan is because of my knowledge of the offense. Okay. That because of faith that I would be able to take a snap, turn around, and hand the ball off. Pretty much, <laughs> I could I could tell everyone what the play was. You know, send a guy in motion right. if I needed to, and I could hand the ball off. Um, gotcha. And, and they take it from there. I think that's uh, pretty much what I bring bring the table as a quarterback. That's outstanding. Um, is Antonio Brown going to come back? <laughs> I can't say I've talked to him since uh, since the boat parade. But, uh, yeah, he was, uh, he was a great teammate while mm-hmm. he was here. Uh, practiced really hard. Uh, really got to get along with. And, um I know the team would probably love to have him back. I have no idea what's going on on that front. I can't provide any news, but uh, really enjoyed playing with him this year. I got I got one last question for you, Cam. I know it's we got to let you go. We went way over time. Um, who's an unsung hero on that Super Bowl season? I mean, a guy. I mean, we all talk about the Brady's and the Gronks, and even playoff and Lombardi Lenny. But who's a guy that didn't get the credit that he probably deserved? And it could be on either side of the ball. Man, Besides that's yourself. a tough question. Of course, of course. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh shoot, man, that's a that's a hard question. Um, I I can come up with a lot of like little examples. Uh, my favorite player to watch play for us is Jordan Whitehead. Um, just no regard for his own well being. <laughs> um, I don't know how he does it. He plays so hard. Yeah. Um, just throws his body around. He's got that. Um, he brings a great attitude every single day, does everything asked of him, you know, gladly help out on special teams when he needs to. Uh, another guy like that, Justin Watson, mm-hmm. um, you know, he, uh, he contributed big time early on in the year when we had injuries to receivers and just kind of the way things shook out. He wasn't asked to play a ton of receiver late in the year, but, and he was even inactive for some games, but whenever we activated him, he seemed to have two tackles on special teams every single mm-hmm. time. Um, I think those guys, obviously everyone knows um, the impact a guy like Scotty has on the game. But even early in the playoffs, you know, Scotty wasn't playing a ton when, mm-hmm. when A.B. was playing too. But, you know, against the Redskins, he had a huge third down catch early in the game. Against the Saints, he had another big third down catch. Yeah. Uh, both, both those were only catches in those games. But both those plays were huge for us. And everyone obviously remembers the touchdown against the Packers. Yeah. Um, but just little things like that, you know, the way the key, the season played out is kind of guys every single week stepping up. So um, it really was just kind of everyone, a team effort stepping up when, when their number was called. Two more quick ones for me. We appreciate your time. Do you think OJ is going to have a, a big year this season? He was off to such a hot start in 2020 before his injury. You know, you guys were having a lot of fun in, in that, uh, that, that Chargers game, catching touchdowns. You had one in that game and, and so did he. And then toward the Achilles. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, he's a guy that I've, I've loved getting to know uh, since we drafted him in 2017. And just, you know, I have a great relationship with OJ. And, you know, I was I felt so much pain for him um, last year when he went down with that injury. You know, he worked so hard to prepare himself for this season um, in, in 2020 and uh, was off to such a great start, like you said, after, you know, a season in 2019. I'm sure he'll tell you it wasn't his best year. Mm-hmm. Um 
And, you know, he, I just saw him kind of push himself even harder last offseason. He had a great and, training camp. Right. And was playing really well, uh, making the most of his opportunities. Mm-hmm. And um hurt for him, you know, when he went down with that injury. So yeah. um, I see him every single day when I'm at the facility. Now we're working out together. And uh, he's looking great. He's looking like, like an animal. I mean, he... he uh, he had a lot of upper body while he was uh, really Achilles. so. Yeah, he's uh, he's looking great. Uh, well, he was kind of small now. before, you know. Yeah, he was so uh, tiny. Yeah, yeah. yeah. no, nah, he's like he's like the action figure guy. Um, <laughs> yeah, he just has like the, the muscles just built on muscles. So, um, yeah, he's a guy. Uh, I know everyone's really excited to get back, and um, hopefully, all his hard work will pay off this year. And I know it will. Last question for you, Cam. Uh, you you got a, a big, 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 big day coming up this off season. Very big day. What's that? It's going to change your life. Which one? July third. Oh shoot! Your birthday. <laughs> yeah, dude, you the become the big three O, young man. I know. I mm. can't believe it. I, it is crazy. Like I still in my head, I'm just like a young guy trying to make it, you know, <laughs> trying to hang on, you know, to the roster spot. You know, it, it never really leaves you. Um, yeah, that's crazy. I can't believe I'm about to be thirty. Um, but yeah, Do you have any special uh, plans? A little older, a little wiser at thirty. Um, so usually. Uh, the past few years, I've been going um, to visit my Dante Brooks family in Myrtle Beach, and just so happens my good friend Adam Humphreys is only uh, 45 minutes away at, at yeah. Pauly's Island. So we'll, uh, we've will we been spending Fourth of July in Pauly's Island, South Carolina, the past few years, and uh, I think we'll celebrate this year there as well. Very cool. So is that when Mark and I are going to come over and watch Archie and take care of the house yeah. that weekend? So <laughs> Party time. Yeah. Sounds good to me. That sounds good. I'll, I'll, me, Scott, I'll and Gronk. We're gonna take care of the house for yeah. you, Cam. Yeah. Don't you worry about a thing, buddy. It'll look cleaner yeah. when you get back. Nothing could go wrong. Perfect. You're right. Perfect. Thank you. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah. Well, listen, Cam Brate, Super Bowl champion. We certainly appreciate you joining us here. Thanks, man. Uh, I appreciate on, it on a, on a Tuesday, and uh, just congrats on the success that that you've had, that you you and Brooke are, are having uh, off the field, and. Uh, uh, looking forward to seeing you. We didn't see you last year, except for just these Zoom things. You know, hopefully right. we can we can get out there uh, and and be at the facility and and get the a chance to. It's funny because Mark and I get asked all the time. It's like, so what's it like to meet Tom Brady? Like, I don't know. I haven't no met idea. Yeah. <laughs> We've only done <laughs> Zoom. Someone so. else. Yeah. Right. Exactly. No, it was a it was a weird year. So yeah. Hopefully you guys will be in. Hopefully we'll do something this spring. Uh, some sort of OTAs or something, but. Hey, Cam, uh, yeah. I heard that uh, the quarterbacks have been using our media room. That's their uh, work room. Um, you know, the media room downstairs. They, that's what I heard from Nelson. Are you um, pissed that Tom's at your desk, Mark? Is no, I'm hoping he's at right my – I'm hoping it's not Ryan Griffin. I hope Tom Brady's sitting at my seat. Can you check on that for me if you don't mind? I Maybe some of his greatness will rub Great, Drew Stanton. I think Drew Stanton sat there. I, as I'm long as it's not Mitch Trubisky, I'm okay with that. Yeah, I, don't uh, I think it was Drew. Mm, great. That's awesome. Yep. Cam Brate, really appreciate your time. Thanks, Thanks so much for joining the Pewter Report podcast, my friend. Of course. Good seeing y'all. Yep. Good Take seeing care. you too. Thank you. Well, Mark, that was that was fun. I mean, uh, that's what you love about Cam Brate is is um is just his personality. I mean he is uh, he's just a down to earth kind of guy. I mean, again, I made the joke about you know trying to live on four and a half million dollars, but yeah. You wouldn't. Cam Brate would be the same way if he was making forty five thousand dollars. He's just right. a good dude overall, you know. And uh, we we've always liked Cam. Always got along with him good. And the yeah. great thing about Cam is, anytime we've needed anything with some of our charity events, mm-hmm. uh, appearances, things like that, yeah. if he's available, he's always willing to do it. Just a just a really yeah. good guy. And you know, I think that's why the Buccaneers love having him on the football mm-hmm. team. Not just because he's a good guy, because when they need him, they didn't yes. need him first part of the year. Right. OJ goes down all of a sudden. He's just Mr. Dependable, Mr. Reliable. He's been that way for us. He's been this way for the football team. And and uh, hopefully he sticks around for a few more years here in Tampa Bay because uh, he's going to be missed uh, when his playing days are over in the in yeah. the Tampa Bay area. No, I, I totally agree. And you look at, at what he was able to do, not just to in the season, Mark, um, you know, in, you know, and, and let's let's face it. This is this is Gronk's world, right? He came here as yeah. the starter and, and Cam was going to be the, the third string tight end and OJ was going to be the second guy and. Injury 
happened to OJ. Remember, you know, we weren't, you know, fueling these rumors, but there was a lot of talk. Are the Bucks going to trade OJ now that they've got right. uh, Rob Gronkowski in a trade? You know, are they going to cut Cam Brake? You know, no, they needed all three. They sure. wanted all three. And it was it was really a good thing. You saw Cam bounce back. He we talked about his hip injury. He only had a 9.6 yard average in 2018, an 8.6 yard average when he was hurt with that that hip in 2019, and then uh, rebounded with with a 10.1 uh, yard average. Caught a pair of touchdowns, 28 catches, 282 yards. But you know he really came on in the in the playoffs. This is a, yeah. a, a guy that scored that big touchdown in the NFC Championship game against Green Bay. And, uh, you know, 14 catches, 175 yards, 12 and a half yard average and, and that big touchdown. So I think that's a, it's a big reason why you're going to see Cam on the roster this year and and, and why they want to keep well, him around and can afford and, that salary. And the fact is, right now, he is the number number two quarterback on this roster. I mean, he, he, he said is. it, right? Yes. But, but joking, jokes aside, another reason, like you just mentioned, and he mentioned he just knows this offense, the yeah. ins and outs of this offense. Smart and, guy. you know, you can go find another tight end to be a third string tight end out, out on the street, but he's not going to know this offense like Cam Brady. I yeah. mean, we joke about Harvard. There's something to be said for that. You don't get into Harvard unless you're a pretty intelligent guy. Yeah. You don't understand a Bruce Arians offense uh, fully to be able to be an emergency quarterback in a Super Bowl unless you're a smart guy. So, a lot, lot of positives that Cam Bray brings to this football. No, team. you're exactly right. And speaking of smart, we have a lot of smart Buccaneer fans out there that, that, that really want to put their knowledge to the test. And if you want to do that, well, this is the place to do it. Symbol is the stock market for sports that allows you to trade sports teams like stocks and earn cash payouts when your team wins. Symbol has blended sports and the stock market to offer you a new way to invest in and profit off of your favorite teams. Use your sports knowledge to buy low. Sell high and earn cash payouts when your team wins. Join the over 2,500 early adopters, including myself, who have started to invest in their favorite teams. The stock market for sports just a tap away. Click uh, on symbol.app at or backslash Peter Report to create a free account in seconds and start profiting from your sports knowledge. When you do that and you enter the promo code Pewter Report, they're going to give you a $10 deposit bonus. The share price for the Sim Bucks franchise this week is $43. Mark, they, wasn't a, it $44 last time? Did, did the Bucks lose a dollar? What's going on? Or has did, it been well, $43? Well, they, they, I mean, they lost Ryan Smith, Mark. Ah, yeah. Of course. Yeah, we wrote about that. And yes. Joe Haig and, and Andrew Adams. I mean, people are, are, people are automatically the, assuming that this team's going to repeat. It's like, <laughs> you know, you're without, losing Super Bowl champions. without those right. guys. Yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, if you missed yesterday's show, John Ledyard and I did a, a really fun uh, live uh, seven-round Bucks mock draft. So check that out on, on uh, Peter Report's YouTube channel. And you know what, Mark? You can check out every single episode. If you came in late to this one and you wanted to catch the first part of what Cam Brate had to say when he guaranteed that the Bucks are going to win the Super Bowl, not guaranteed just this it. year, but in several years to come as long yep. as Tom Brady's quarterback. Yep. You can do that on our Peter Report YouTube channel. That's YouTube dot com backslash Peter Report TV. And then when you go there, make sure you hit the subscribe button and then click on notifications. That lets you know every time we go live tomorrow night, um, Mark and I are going to be suspended. That means John Ledger is going to be back from his suspension. And he's going to have Dan Brugler to, on talking a bunch of draft stuff and talking quarterbacks. Some of you. How do we know fans- we're already going to be pre-suspended? I've never heard of that. I mean, is that like guys that know when they go pee in the cup that well, they're not going to pass the test. I mean, did is you that- ever see minority report, the Tom Cruise movie where they predict crimes in the future? That's, that's what's happening here. Okay. So, well, I don't John, mind being suspended. That's fine. John will be on tomorrow night at eight o'clock special primetime edition of the Peter report podcast. So make sure you check that out. All you draft Nick fans out there, they'll be talking bucks NFC South. Uh, it's going to be interesting, Mark real quick. What's your thoughts on Sam Darnold getting traded uh, for by the Carolina Panthers? Boy, uh, Carlton Davis and Son Murphy Bunting and Jamel Dean and uh, Winfield Jr. and Jordan Whitehead, they're all super excited right now. I mean, between Jameis Winston and Sam Darnold, um, there should be quite a few. <laughs> there could be quite a few interceptions uh, for the Buccaneers uh, th- this and, year. Antoine Winfield is already forecasting two <laughs> interceptions on Sam Darnold. In the first game against Carolina. Uh, you exactly. know, I, I, I write the uh, behind enemy lines every week, and really the storyline since the end of the season has been – the Panthers' disappointment with 
uh, Teddy Bridgewater and, and Matt yeah. Rule and, and David Tepper, the new owner, making no uh, bones about the fact they wanted more dynamic quarterback play. And they really were after Deshaun Watson. Uh, obviously, that's kind of been derailed with all the controversy going on in Houston right now. Um, I still think, you know, the fact they were able to hang on to that number eight pick, still see them getting a quarterback there. But yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know that I would trust Sam Darnold under center any more than Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater, statistical wise, played pretty well last year, but he's just not a dynamic playmaker. And that's something yeah. that I was when we were talking about before Brady got here. It was Philip Rivers. It was Teddy Bridgewater and it was Tom Brady. Those were the guys that were kind of in the mix. And yeah. um, I, I was he, Teddy was third on my list of those yeah, guys. I, I mean, I wanted Jameis Winston back before Teddy Bridgewater, to be honest yeah. with you, um, because he's just he's just a game manager kind of guy, just not a lot right. of dynamic play. And I think the Panthers found that out. But I don't know that they're going to find a whole lot more success with Sam Darnold. Guy was the number three overall pick. I mean, mm -hmm. he's he's an uber talented guy. Maybe he, you know, maybe he becomes the next Josh Allen or, or or one of these young guys. But hopefully, he doesn't turn into another you know Rosen. Um, We'll see. I, yeah. I don't know. I still think the Panthers go and uh, and find a quarterback, but I'll be writing about that a little bit in Behind Enemy Lines, which yeah. will be out tomorrow. I'm not sure if Sam Darnold's going to be the game changer for the, the Panthers franchise, right? I, I I do see the upside in not drafting a quarterback, because usually quarterbacks, when you draft them, they're coach killers. But at least Darnold has some NFL experience. He's, he's already you know got the training wheels off, yeah. and, and you can work with him. I will say this, though. I think in, in the coming years – it's going to be the Buccaneers and the Panthers. I, I think that Matt Rule has won wherever he's gone, whether it's Temple, whether it's Baylor. Turned around bad programs. Yes. I, I think the Panthers are going to be a formidable opponent. Uh, it may take a while because if you don't get the quarterback right, we've seen this in Tampa, mm -hmm. right, with Josh McCown and Josh Freeman and, and Mike Glennon and even Jameis Winston. If you don't get the yeah. quarterback position right, you're not going to win. So a lot depends on Darnold. But uh, if, I, if I were betting, and I'm not just – Put another plug in for symbol, but the Panthers franchise, not this year, but in the coming years, I think they're going to be more formidable. Than they're going to be Atlanta trending up. I, I I agree. I I like what Matt Rule's done, as you said. He's going to build a good been. defense there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And there's no question about it. Again, I don't know that Sam Darnold's the long term answer, uh, right. but they didn't have to give up that number eight pick, and you know they were able to, uh, you know, get a guy in there like you say that training wheels are already off. He's he's NFL ready. How good he is, we'll see. Um, the one thing about him, he's going to have a hell of a lot more offensive weapons than he had in New York. That was just yeah. a bad franchise oh, yeah. from top to bottom. Um, you know, they've got some good receivers in Carolina, certainly Christian McCaffrey, hoping to be back. That's going to take some pressure off Darnold having yeah. a solid running game. I can't even tell you who the Jets' running backs were the last couple of years, to be honest with you. Um, I mean, they had Le'Veon Bell Martin. year before last. <laughs> no, that was that was a quite a ways ago. That was a long time ago, Scott. Freeman McNeil. No, no, that was no? Uh, that was in the eighties. Okay. Yeah, no, okay. I, that's the really the last it's two that I remember. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Joe Namath. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's been a while. We'll see what happens with Carolina. I agree with you though. In the NFC South, I think uh, I think they're a team on the rise. Uh, don't know what the Saints are going to do, and um, in in Atlanta. Mm, I was not excited about that that hire of Arthur Smith. I mean, yeah, be interesting awesome. to see. Yeah, how, you know how they manage the whole situation with Matt Ryan's longevity there and all of that. They're stuck with him, I think, now. But it'll be interesting to see if they take a quarterback or not. But uh, I certainly want to thank uh, Cam Brait for for joining us Definitely. on the New Report podcast. That was really fun. Cam's a great guy. Glad to see him having so much success. And uh, and we will see you guys on another edition of the Peter Report podcast pretty soon. I'll be back Thursday with John, but John will be on tomorrow with Dan Brugler and talking uh, NFL draft at 8 o'clock special time. Then we'll be back at 4 o'clock on Thursday. So for Mark Hook, I'm Scott Reynolds. We'll see you another time on the next edition of the Peter Report podcast. Out. Out.